Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Well, it was a hard one to watch for the Warriors fans last night. Uh, Mark Stafford here because Smithy's uh, kit has died down in Havelock North, so I get to do the Warriors recap. Um, now, if you stayed the course and watched the full 80 minutes, it was a real hard one. You'll be forgiven for changing the channel or doing something else entirely after what transpired at Shark Park. 2019 was the scoreline. It's been described as a historic win for the Sharks. On the other side of the coin, the Warriors have strung together three very frustrating performances in a row that... Uh, well, does it put Nathan Brown's position as coach into question uh, to potentially give us some words of wisdom? Not potentially, definitely. And just a little bit of therapy after that loss, along with reminding us these other 40 teams worth watching is SEN's own Andrew Voss. Vossi, great to have you here. Welcome in. Oh, good day, Mark. And in off the bench, mate. Well, that's what it is. An 18-man game now. You know, lots of players get injured in warm-up and whatever. you just got to be ready. And you are ready. But you've put some heat on me. You've just about thrown me under the bus saying wisdom. What <laughs> wisdom around the performance? I mean, what was the most disappointing aspect? Was it that they weren't leading by half time? It got it, that they didn't make a, a single line break in yeah. the second half? Um, that the margin is 19 points against 12 and at one stage 11? It's, it's, I honestly believe it's one of the darkest days in terms of games. Just. The, that, that has ever happened for the Warriors. You, there's been disappointing losses over the years, but you just don't lose a modern-day game uh, like that and not score a second-half point when at one stage it was 13 v 11. Can anyone come up with a more disappointing defeat? Well, it's Cronulla. They've become the first team since 2008 to win after having a player sent off in the mm. first half. So, yeah. so what does this say about this year's version of the Sharks? Let's go positive first. After they're able to band together like that, an incredible performance from them. Oh, it's looked real with the Sharks from the first few weeks of the competition, to be honest. Uh, and uh, and obviously yesterday shows they have that quality which is maybe undervalued or underestimated, and that's resilience because it's something that the Broncos have found this year. Suddenly they've got resilience. Look what's happening. They're starting to win matches. Um, and the Sharks, obvious, have bucket loads of resilience and just get on with the job. So whatever comes up, we adapt. I thought Nico Hines, like you talk about your signings of the year, um, Adam Reynolds obviously at Brisbane has been great, but... Gee, you'd put up a really strong argument for Nico Hines. He has been so good for Cronulla. He's he's a better player, even better player than what I thought he was. Because at Melbourne, he's surrounded by stars, isn't he? You know, like mm. he's got others to lean on and could just find his way. But he takes over at Cronulla where he becomes, you know, sort of the boss. And he's been fantastic. He's been so good. To the point where I was a little, I was thrown up at me last night after the game. So, New South Wales picked their origin side and they're looking for that perfect 14 to 17 player. And if you thought Ryan Pappenhausen was going to be that, I'd say, well, what about Nico Hines? Because Nico Hines now is covering every position from seven to one. Isn't that the, you know, like he's just going so well. And Cronulla, I think, are real. Uh, they're not quite at Melbourne or Penrith levels yet, but they look a top four side to me. 
They do. And when you think about Cronulla and Nico Hines, um, you know, it was a homecoming of sorts for Sean Johnson, having spent some seasons with Cronulla. But Nico Hines, as you say, got a try, got three try assists, two line break assists. Mm. What's your honest assessment of Sean Johnson right now following that battle? Oh, well, you're talking to one of Sean Johnson's biggest ever fans, but Sean, you know, I can only call what I see from yesterday. He has to shoulder a lot of the responsibility there. I mean, that game plays into the lap of, of Sean Johnson and, and the Warriors got it right. You know, within a minute of the send-off, a matter of tackles, they're scoring in the corner through Dallin Wittenig's Lesnick. A few minutes later, they're getting their second and you're thinking, well, Sean will be the man who orchestrates this and will, you know, play smart and, and, and it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. So yesterday was a really disappointing day for Sean uh, individually and I, I just don't know what would be said in the dressing room. Nathan Brown, I mean, that's a really... That's a like I was asked today on our breakfast show here, which was more disappointing, losing to Melbourne seventy to twelve or mm. yesterday. I'm tempted to say yesterday more disappointing than conceding fifty four and a half. Yeah, on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast show this morning, Israel Dag mentioned at half time they you've got the cameras in the dressing rooms. Matt Moylan was right up his players, backs mm. to the wall. We go out, we go battle. Then they showed the Warriors dressing room and they're just sitting around there and it looked like they were just saying, oh well boys, we've got a man advantage, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, stick to yeah. our processes, all of that stuff. Two different teams took the field in the second half, Matt Moylan inspired. What about, though, if you had a known sitting there in the dressing room at halftime that in the 54th minute your opponent was going to lose another player for 10 minutes? And, and look, I will say this. Um, I believe Jesse Ramian should have been sent off, and it's hard to dispute the perception of many that he wasn't sent off for good because they'd already sent off a yeah, player. Yeah. That they didn't, the officials didn't want to reduce the team to 11 men. It is very, that is the perception, and we probably do need an explanation. Now, where it's going to be shown up today... Warriors fans, and, and not that you should get upset because you've been beaten, with, you've been end up beaten by 19, you know, against understrength side. But the, the charge sheet today is going to tell the story because I believe Jesse Ramian will cop a, a, a tougher charge or a more serious charge than Will Kennedy. And then obviously he'll ask the question, well, how was Jesse Ramian not sent off? And the league will have to explain that because, uh, you know, it shouldn't really matter, should it? Even if one player's gone off, if two players have gone off, if it's a send-off offence, it's a send-off offence and the league needs to highlight that today. Of course, the, the spotlight always goes on the coach when a team is continually underperforming because he's supposed to be the inspirer. Is his time as Warriors coach no longer tenable following these recent performances? Is that a conversation we need to have? Well, they're obviously terribly disappointing. I mean, I like talking football with Nathan Brown. Brown, I'll put my cards on the tables. I really like uh, discussing football with Nathan Brown. I like watching Nathan Brown coached sides when he tactically puts a few things into play, but obviously something's not um, as it should be there at the moment. I mean, yes, yesterday is to me. I can't imagine uh, there being a, a, a more headed to the bottom of the pit than yesterday, losing in such a manner, and the Sharks win running away. So it needs to be quick. The response, look, they got a win after the loss to Melbourne, you know, when they're absolutely blown off the field, they at least come back and win the next week and come from behind to do so. But I think the reply this week needs to be even better at Magic Round. They need mm. to really turn it on. So they get a week at home this week uh, at their Redcliffe base. The game's going to be at, at Suncorp Stadium. I'll tell you what will affect preparation this week. Rain's forecast all week for southeast Queensland. And I'm talking heavy. By Friday, we're talking 100 mils in a day. So Jeez. it's going to be some tough, tough days on the training paddock. 
uh, in the wet sort of any given Sunday stuff, but um, they have to have a, a swift response and be back to their best by next weekend. Yeah, and they face the Bunnies next. Uh, they're coming off a tough 32-12 loss to the Broncos, uh, featuring former captain Adam Reynolds, who, who was fantastic. Which side between the Bunnies and the Warriors do you think's come out worse for wear going into the Magic Round? Well, the, the, the Rabbitohs probably have more expectation on them simply because they're a heavyweight from last year and for all recent seasons. So they're at the moment... As underwhelming, while they're not in the bottom four, let's say, the Tigers, Titans, Bulldogs, Knights down on four, the fact that the Rabbitohs are outside the eight through nine rounds is one of the more underwhelming performances of the year. So much more expected of them. And uh, and there wasn't, I didn't, again, I'll bring back the R word into it. I didn't see much resilience mm. from the Rabbitohs against the Broncos the other night. So, yeah, there's more than just the attack isn't clicking for the Rabbitohs going on there when they concede 32 points against Brisbane. It was 18-12 with 20 to go. So you get down to the championship minutes and South's had very little. And that's a worry. It is a worry. And finally, Vossi out of ECN, uh, thanks for jumping on with us as you do on Mondays on Mornings with Smithy. What's your thoughts on the NRL Magic Round potentially moving to the new Sydney Football Stadium? A magnificent stadium, I'm sure. But do you feel, I know you've got good connections here with the Warriors. You, you came over weekly and called the Warriors games and enjoyed the Fritz's Wieners at half time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're making me cry. Should you're New, making me cry. Should New Zealand get a crack? At it first in 2023? And I'll just correct you, at halftime? No, no, no. I had them at pre-game and halftime. Just correct you there. <laughs> That's how good uh, they are. Ne- never could hold it at one. Always wanted to go an even number. Um, look, I- I'm all for – I'm actually all for Auckland before um, before Sydney getting it, although you can put up argument because Sydney's been through what it's been through. But wouldn't that be great if they could announce, well, as part of – if you can't let the Warriors play every game, both home and away in New Zealand next year – You've got to give New Zealand something for the sacrifice of the Warriors and the sacrifice in turn of New Zealand rugby league fans not seeing live rugby league. I think the timing would be right to say you have a magic ground. It doesn't have to be next year, but say we are locking it in for 2024. Mm. Magic ground is coming to New Zealand. Does it, does it just need to be in Auckland? Could you perhaps have the Friday night kickoff elsewhere? I'm, I'm just floating that out there. But if it is at Auckland, the nines prove that they couldn't put on a really good show. It would be rugby league over three days. It would be a lovely way for the code and all fans to say thank you. And, of course, um, then there would be fans. What a, what a great time to, to, to know you've got two years in advance to plan a trip mm. to Auckland to watch the rugby league for people in Australia. I tell you I, what. I'm saying it's got my vote ahead of Sydney. And, I'm a, and I, you know, I live in Sydney, so... New Zealand, Auckland has my vote ahead of anywhere else. Yeah, and I'd imagine all the league Kiwi league fans in Australia, they would come, catch up with their family, mm. watch some great league. Uh, I always say finally and think of another one. Uh, yeah. I, I'd, lo- I'd love to get your comment. We've been talking about it probably on all shows over here on SCNZ for the last week or two about the possibility of a second New Zealand team. And it sort of came mm. off the back of 27% of NRL players are Kiwis. Um, yep. So we've clearly got... Uh, a league uh, stronghold as far as providing talent goes. It's probably a wee way off, Vossi, but Mm. let's look a decade in in time. So 2032, can you see that there'll be two New Zealand-based teams running around in the NRL? I say there has to be. Uh, I wasn't totally against a fourth team in Queensland, but I did think the others also had fair claims. 
I just think that if we really are expanding, it's never sat well with me. I've been on planes previously and I see young Kiwi kids on the plane. They fly over on a Friday to play junior reps for a Sydney club and then fly home. That's never sat well with me. It'd be great if there was more scope uh, in New Zealand and the only way that can happen is with a second NRL team. But I'm not a bean counter. So I don't know who's putting the money in. So you'd want to make sure that it is self-funding rather than being propped up from elsewhere. Um, So I am a supporter, but I need to know who's behind it and who's putting it together. Mm. And I think they would need at least a couple of years in the build-up to get it ready. I don't think you could announce it this year and say they're coming in next year. I think it'd have to be – you'd need to give maybe two, three years so you can see players coming off contract. You can, you know, sign the best 16- and 17-year-olds and that sort of thing. So – with notice, I certainly support the notion of New Zealand or a second New Zealand team, uh, provided the dollars are there. Brilliant, Vossi. Always appreciate you making yourself available here over on SNZ. I know the listeners really appreciate your input. Uh, have a great day, buddy. Off to Magic Ground this week. Let's go. Expect plenty of rain. <laughs> plenty of rain. Take your gumboots, people. If you're over there in Australia and you're going to go to those rounds. Andrew Voss, wonderful caller, wonderful league man and mine. See, I said he'd bring wisdom, and he did. Uh, and our engineering team and their wisdom have got Smithy up and running again. So we will take a quick break. I'll go back to my rightful place. Uh, Smithy's past the HIA, and he'll rejoin you after the break. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.